Praise be Jesus Christ, and welcome to another episode of CarmelCast. CarmelCast is a production of ICS Publications. For more information, you can visit our website at www.icspublications.org. I'm Brother John Mary of Jesus Crucified, and I'm very happy to, to have with me Father Michael, of, Father Michael Joseph of St. Therese uh, to share with us today a little bit about the plays of St. Therese of Lisieux. Um, if you've been following our previous episodes, we've kind of been going through the uh, literary contributions of St. Therese throughout her life. Um, and leading up to um, the celebration, which will be January 2nd, 2023, the 150th birthday of St. Therese, which will be a great, a great feast for us. And so um, in this episode, we're going to focus on the plays of St. Therese. Uh, and I just, I mean, for, for me, I think the starting question for a lot of people is going to be like, going to be, why would St. Therese write plays? Yeah, yes. Yeah, no, it is, it is a, I think even people that know and love Therese, you know, don't quite always understand that or haven't, aren't familiar with the plays, you know, and, and in fact, it's, it was the last of the works that we published, you know, it was, apparently it was a very long process to get it translated and there was all these, you know, challenges along the way. Um, and, and, and in, in some ways it's probably the least popular or the least known, you know, of her works. And, um, but I think, I, I think we, we could change that. I mean, I think when you actually do read them, you see the, the, the depth and, and the beauty in them that it's worth getting to know. But, but going back to your original question of, of why plays, like what is, how could you even, how, why would you right. write plays? Right, it makes sense. Like she yeah. writes, you know, an autobiography, a journal, right? Yeah. It would, she'd write letters. Yes. Like these things make sense too. She'd write prayers. Yeah. Even she'd write poems, but why, why would she write plays? <laughs> yes. Well, and especially because you think Therese never saw herself per se as a writer. Like she wrote because she was asked to or, you know, occasions came up. And, and of course, she enjoyed it, I'm sure. And when she got into it, she had a great gift for it. You know, she was a genius in so many ways. Um, but she didn't. Yeah, she didn't like set out to write. And so something like plays is a very literary thing. You know, people who write plays, it's a very specific genre. And and but it's the same thing as her other writings, basically, whereas, you know, they came from the situation she was in. And if you go back just to give it like a very kind of brief synopsis of, of Carmelite life that would um, make plays be something that they would do, um, it goes back to St. Teresa. I mean, you could say maybe before that certain convents would have times of recreation and St. Teresa saw the, the goodness in, in, in periods of recreation for the sisters. Um, because her life, there was so much silence built in, um, a lot of, you know, a lot of sacrifice, a lot of prayer that they, you need time to unwind. You know, it's like a bow, you know, it's a, there's that ancient desert father maximum that you, if you keep tightening the bow, what's going to happen? You know, it'll break, you know, so you have to relax it. And, um, and so Teresa's part of St. Teresa of, of Avila's genius was to incorporate two hours of recreation into their day to give balance where the sisters could talk and share and, and compose songs, you know, and um, uh, poetry plays, you know, to, to give, to do little theatrical pieces. I don't know if Teresa maybe had that in her day. She definitely had songs and poetry and things like that. But, um, but it was in that same line that if you, you know, fast forward to the Lisieux Carmel in, in the 1890s, um, that putting on little theatrical pieces was seen as a great way to celebrate a certain feast day, you know, um, a great way to to honor the mother prioress a lot of these plays were written in honor of her feast day um, 
and and frankly to to catechize you know it it goes back even to the the middle ages the the mystery plays of the passion that were very popular and you still have some you know going on um that people travel all the world to go to these things because they're more than just a play they're more than you know they 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 help you enter into the mystery of what's being conveyed and and you can kind of see that in, Ther- in Therese's plays that um, they probably were helpful for the sisters too to learn right. about the faith or to go a little deeper into into the faith or these scriptural stories, you know. Right. So I mean, these weren't just plays, and that she was writing, but they they were plays that she was performing. Yes. And they they were acting out in their community, yes. and um, it wasn't just like you know some of the sisters sitting around and speaking the lines, but yeah. there was a lot that went into these, right? Yes, exactly, and. and it, and I think maybe that's part of the reason why just reading them, you don't always get the full sense. But but yeah, they, it's tremendous when you see like because she Therese, for example, you know, in their time in their in their in their schedule every day, they didn't have all that much time, you know. And so she maybe had an hour of free time a day, maybe an hour and a half to work on these plays and then get together um, all the props, you know, costumes they were getting together. She would write her, you know, her uncle and aunt and have them bring things that, that she knew that could be helpful for these plays. Um, and, and then, you know, getting the sisters to act them and, and really memorize the lines too. And what well, is amazing, what kind of props and costumes they had, which yeah. thanks to uh, Therese's blood sister, Celine, we have some photographs Yes. of what so like for example even on our, the ICS version of this uh, of the, the plays of St. Therese there's a picture of St. Therese um, playing Joan of Arc okay. but you can see she has I mean a real chain with mm-hmm. her and I think you know they had like for uh, a play about St. Michael they had a sword yeah. like I mean these were very involved productions yes. they weren't just like yeah the sisters getting together and speaking some lines they were yes. they would sew the costumes they would, they would really put on uh, a real production yes well, I think when you're living in that convent life too, it's your whole world and, and you, you give your whole self to whatever it is. So you think, oh, this is just a recreation time for the sisters. But no, this is, this is for God, you know, and, and I'm doing this as, a, as a, a way of giving myself over to love. And so she was so generous with her gifts in that mm-hmm. sense, you know, and, 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 and yes, yeah, spared nothing to make this like just like a beautiful production. Yeah. Um, and you think, too, just the, the level, I mean, I always like to point this out, it's a little kind of fun fact, you know, is that we, we see this picture, and so we naturally think like, oh, wow, Therese, you know, she was a, a brunette, and, 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 you know, had this long hair, and, um, you know, she, she was able to wear this costume and everything, <laughs> but what people don't know is that she had her full Carmelite habit on, you know, in this picture, and this was actually a wig, she's a blonde, Therese was blonde, and, and they would have had short hair, you know, because they cut their hair so they can wear the veil, so, so this is her whole, she has her whole habit on with this outfit on top and a wig over her veil. Yes. <laughs> and so it just gives a, a kind of perspective how, how serious they were, you know, in, in, terms, of, in terms of doing yeah. these, these, these pieces. Um, I, I like what you said a second ago about um, how this was for God and something done out of love for God for them. So it, it wasn't just about enjoyment, but there was this level of um, entering into these plays not only, I, mean, I think especially as the, the actress who's performing it is a very moving, like spiritually moving and powerful experience, yeah. but also we have, you know, the testament of some of the other sisters who watched Therese yeah. and saw just how talented she was. And she had this great gift and ability to allow others to enter into that reality, that yeah. spiritual reality and move them. Exactly. Yeah. And, and even, you know, the sisters that experienced Therese, you know, saying like, for instance, she played before she wrote the play, she played in a in a in a little piece written, I believe, by her sister, Mother Agnes, um, 
about the Holy Family, and she played Our Lady, and apparently it was just like perfect. And it, and it really, the community got to know her in a sense in a deeper way through this, you know, because um, they saw a whole other side of her, and, and the way that she portrayed Mary apparently was just like, it's just spot on. However, however, we could be spot on in, in terms of Our Lady, but um, and then and then similar with Joan of Arc. I mean, I think it just because she just gave herself so fully to it, um, and like you say, you know, it wasn't just for fun. Even though it was fun, even though it was a relaxation, but it was still done with such love that her spirituality just shined through. Mm. And and really, she would even use it to to help. To help some of these sisters because she knew she was the novice or assistant novice mistress and did a lot of formational work so she knew the struggles that sisters had and so she would kind of use this to to help share her spirituality you know and so it was very impressive to kind of see her in these roles because she was really it was a unique opportunity to be the real teacher in the spiritual life that she was you yeah know? do you have any examples of of a way in which um trez was able to to help others or to share maybe her spiritual message through one of her plays or an aspect of one of her plays? Yes. Well, I think, I think it's really all through. And, I, and, and that's, again, a good reason why to pick these up because you get her message still. And it's in these different ways that can, might, might touch someone in a way that, that another more abstract thing wouldn't. You know? So in the, in the lips of Joan of Arc, for instance, you can hear her talking about her, her own vocation. You know, Therese identified with Joan of Arc so much and, 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 and loved her and saw her really as a model, even though their lives were completely different. And yet Therese said, no, like at the core, she believed, you know, she, her love for God and her desire to give herself fully is, is what Joan of Arc experienced. And so you see, like, for instance, when, um, when it, uh, Joan is giving her vocation, you know, when the, the voices are calling Joan to go, you know, take over the army and fight for France, um, Therese has, and of course, Therese plays Joan. And so she says, can it be God has destined me for such great things? But I feel none of the courage which you speak. I am only a weak and timid child. How can I leave this countryside? And, and so you get a sense of Therese as she comes to her own discovery of the little way. She, she feels her weakness so strongly, and yet this call by God to greatness. Mm -hmm. um, and it's in that tension that her little way is worked out. And so you see that she kind of reads that into Joan of Arc as well. You know, And so you see yeah. that come through. Um, and I love, she says this to, she has Joan say this to her sister, Catherine. Um, she says, because it wasn't in fear, because St. Michael first appeared to Joan, and she got scared in the play. You know, it was like, he was promising her all this greatness and glory, and, and he was doing a good job. He's St. Michael. But it was like, she almost couldn't handle it, you know. But then St. Catherine came and, and shared with her the love that, that God was asking her for, and the gift of herself. That he, and, and that angle... Joan was able to, to respond. And, and Therese, again, is similar. You know, that, that fear and kind of over being overwhelmed in that sense doesn't help her, but love makes her fly. Mm -hmm. You know, so, and, and she says, so in, it's joy that makes me want to do this, you know, and, and with Joan. So, so Therese says, in joy, I gave to God my springtime. You know, and I, and I, I just love that because Therese entered at 15 and she, she, she had this consciousness, I'm really giving God the best years of my life, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and my whole youth I'm giving to the Lord. And, and Joan did something similar, you know, in yeah. being called to that. So, um, or she says, she has Joan say, you know, God is so generous to me. I too want to be generous to him. Um, all I need is the blessing of my Lord and Our Lady's protection. And, and, and again, it's, it's, it's Therese's spirituality of saying, 
all I have is gift. How can I not give my whole self to God? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not like I'm doing this because I want to you know, get some great reward or because I feel guilty for my sins. Um, it's God has just gratuitously poured out his mercy on me. So all I can do is give myself back to him. He's generous with me. I want to be generous yeah. with him. So, so I think you see, yeah, those, those are just a couple examples maybe. Yeah, no, that's really good. Uh, one thing I really appreciate about the ICS uh, edition of this book is that it has all of the, the kind of the critical notes and a really great introduction yes. to yeah. the work, um, which gives a lot of perspective about, you know, what, what were these plays and, and what was the context of them. Mm-hmm. And one thing that the, um, the author of the introduction explains is that a lot of these things were probably overlooked by Therese's sisters in the convent at the time, mm-hmm. but then after her death, they could go back and, and see Really, and we have the benefit of being able to go back. So they would ex- they would appreciate the play as beautiful, right? Yes. And they'd be touched by the message. But we have this great ability of seeing it in context of Therese's life and death and spirituality and mission. Yes. And so that makes these plays, because at the time they they maybe thought that these plays weren't very val- valuable mm-hmm. um, to share with the world. But yeah. uh, the the friars really insisted on like that this needs to be published mm-hmm. because. This tells us something so important about who Therese was and sheds a completely, uh, not a completely new light, but a different perspective on yeah. her spirituality and allows it to speak uh, in a different way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you think because, for one, in characters, when you incarnate something into a character, you do see it. It, it does give a different perspective on yeah. it. And, um, and, you know, the other aspect, too, is that, again, Therese didn't claim to be a great writer. You know, she she didn't... That was not her goal at all. And I, I think, honestly, I, like, thank God she never knew about how much her works would be published and looked at. She would die of embarrassment, yeah. you know? I mean, any of us might, you know? <laughs> and, 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 so, and, and so clearly, like, if you read her plays and you read the plays of another great, you know, great playwright, it's, you can't compare. You know, yeah. Therese was an amateur. She's writing these things, you know, as best she can out of love with very limited resources. It's not like they're the greatest literature ever. Um, and yet it's so consistent with her way that it's, I mean, what St. Paul says, you know, my, my power will be made perfect through weakness. Mm-hmm. And so you might have a literary form that's like, you know, not going to be the most polished. Um, and yet you have this, this powerful doctrine and teaching coming through and in a way that engages you still. Like even as I read them, I'm getting all into it, you know, yes. maybe because I'm not that well versed in plays and literature, but, but uh, I feel like they can be entertaining and you really yes. do see like, wow, like. Like she had such a creative bent to her, yeah. and um, and but I feel like also I'm learning about what it means to follow the little way, you know, as I read some of these plays. Right. And speaking of of the limitations too, um, I mean, obviously Therese had some limitations in her ability to 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 write well, but also, um, I just I know there were some limitations in the the acting of the plays and yeah. like. Sometimes things went sour or there was debacles. <laughs> I think of like you know when you go to watch a little kids play at school or something like that and like the whole set just like collapses and fall you know and (laughs) kids are all over the place granted they were much better than that but still things didn't always go perfectly smoothly when they were trying with very limited time to practice (laughs) and work these details out when it came time to perform sometimes things went wrong yes yes well a great example of that is this very picture honestly um because it was either right before or right after this picture was taken where they, because as, as we know, Joan of Arc, she went to her martyrdom through fire, right? She was burnt. Um, and, um, and so they had a little fire going through, you know, one of the stoves that they brought into the, the chapter room or the rec- recreation room. Um, and, 
And what they didn't know, it actually started to catch fire on a curtain or something close by. Mm. And Therese, like you said, this is a real chain on her. So here's Therese, you know, sitting there chained to this fire that's growing dangerously close to her. And, and thank God the mother prior said, don't move, you know, and, and Therese just stayed obedient, you know, didn't move. And, and just they were able to put out the fire. But, but they said, like, she had this look of total resignation, like that, that she was almost expecting, like, this is going to be my moment to go. And I, and I accept it for, you know, and, yes. but that, that kind of thing is not planned. And, and, well, and you see even in the, the look in her eyes in this photo as she's playing Joan, it's like she's so, she's so into the character. Yeah. Like she yeah. was ready to give her life for Christ there mm -hmm. in that fire. <laughs> yes, it's like, <laughs> it's a, in a way it would, it would confirm her, her connection to Joan more than anything else. I mean, I, good for us that that didn't happen. You know, yes. we wouldn't have had a lot of other works of hers. Um, but, um, but I think, well, another, another kind of debacle you could say are, um, is interesting is, is in her play. And it's, it's my other favorite one. You know, the Joan of Arc, there's two of Joan of Arc that were a year apart, first half, second half. And, and then there's the um, flight of the Holy Family into Egypt. And uh, she did this one, and it was very playful, and it's beautiful. And it, it's, it's a really cool story, too. It's just basically, um, it's, it's kind of based on some legends and traditions and apocryphal works, you know. Um, was this for a particular feast day that this? This was, yeah. It was for, that's right. It was for um, her sister, Pauline, you know, Mother Agnes. It was for her feast day, okay. January 21st. And... Um, and Therese did her best. Actually, just a week before, Therese had handed her her manuscript for Story of a Soul, at least the first part. And so Therese was working hard, you know, in that year of writing and, and did this whole play based on the Holy Family's flight into Egypt and how um, they stopped. They, they didn't, you know, the Holy Family didn't have any resources and they had to stop at this cave to get, try to get some, some help. And, and it was a, 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 a literally a den of thieves, you know, and of this little family of thieves that lived there and, and who... The, the woman, though, was an, a good, white, nice woman um, who lived with these thieves and was a mother of a little baby. Um, and so they took the Holy Family in. And, and, and it's a great, it's, it's just great because you really see Therese's humor come through here, too. Because here's Therese, you know, such, a, such an innocent soul in the sense, I mean, she knew, she knew things. But she, she, as she herself, her confessor told her, she had never committed a, a mortal sin, you know. So she wasn't, you know, she didn't know the dark side of life too much, you know, in the sense of what people did or said. And she had this great insight into how thieves would talk and, and how they would give each other a hard time and just start fighting out of nowhere, you know? And yeah. like, there was, I think there was one section was kind of like a drinking bout, you know, that they were having. And, and, and of course, it was always stayed very polite. It never said anything bad. But, but she, it was just, it's just funny to see how Therese saw like what bad people would be like in a sense. And yet, um, and yet always there was this redemptive quality to them too. Like they were open, they were generous. And the wife especially took in the Holy Family, um, had... Uh, gave water to Mary to wash Jesus. And this little baby that the, the thieves family had was, was le had leprosy. And, and that was their big heartbreak. Um, and so, but they give generously the little water they had to Mary to wash the child Jesus, who then, and then they took that water to wash their, their little baby and he was healed of his leprosy. Mm -hmm. and, and then they all ended up converting, you know? And, and then that little baby, though, had a difficult life because that was little Dismas, you know, mm -hmm. and he eventually uh, became a thief himself. Um, and then, as we know, was the good thief on the cross, the first one to enter paradise. And it's so Therese takes this kind of legend and, and really plays with it very colorful um, and helps show her her total sense of God's mercy. Mm -hmm. You know, that God had such mercy on this baby, even though the child was going to have a difficult life and make some bad decisions. But eventually 
would become one of the, the first saints, you know, that we have. So, um, so yeah, so by saying that, that's not so much the debacle part, but the debacle was in the sense that Mother Agnes, I think, was a young prioress, a little strict in a way because she was young and, and concerned about how others, others might see things. And she was worried that some of this kind of rowdiness in the play was a little unedifying. And also they were in the chapter room, which was very cold. It wasn't heated. And the recreation room where they usually had was heated. And so I'm sure they were probably, fr and it was a longer play. It went, it went on for long. And Mother Agnes actually cut it off before it finished. And so that's enough, <laughs> you know, poor Therese, like she worked so hard on this thing. And so that's enough, you know, it's, you do these, they're too long and, um, and cut it off. Wow. And Therese, she, you know, but she took it okay. They said they, her sister came and saw her and she had some tears in her eyes later in the little corner, but she was getting herself together and, and, and was humble and accepted it. Mm. And just says so much about Therese that, right. you know, how she was able to handle that kind of, you know, you couldn't even finish the play that you just wrote and right. practice, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me of the kind of the, the struggles within the community. Mm. I know also that there were ways, um, there's a particular time in Therese's community where there was a kind of a faction between two parties who eat one part of the community wanted one person to be the prioress and the other part wanted to be the other one to be yes. the prioress. But um, Therese had this way of, even through her plays, kind of bringing people together. Yes, It yes. was a, a, something that they could enjoy together and could kind of um, escape the, the tensions of the community. Yes. And even through the message that she could kind of give in the play, bring about some sort of um, forgiveness and mm -hmm. reconciliation in the community. So it just again shows like her genius yes. in, in, in these plays. Yes, and that, that was very conscious, you know, that she, mm -hmm. she was able to rise above those factions in a yes. sense. And, and she always would yeah, use these plays to say, what is the essence of being a Carmelite? You know, mm -hmm. Carmelite's called to love, you know, to give herself in love. Um, and and, and that, that, you know, transcends all those factions. And that goes, it just, and, and I think it's something that we need too in the church right now. Mm -hmm. That what Therese shows in these plays that what makes a Carmelite is really what makes a Christian, you know, and that, and that these factions are not the fruit of holiness, mm -hmm. you know? And, and, um, and so, yeah, so using, using this to, to help, to help bridge those gaps, like you said, too. And just, you know, we're all still a family. They're all still a family. They all still love each other. It's not like they, you know, they were totally divided. But, but these things that tend to get in there, she used these plays to bring, to bring some healing to that. And, yeah. and, um, and I think it's, it's what we need now, you know. And so maybe it's, it could be good examples for us. How do we, how do we transcend some of these factions that tend to develop and just yeah. keep going to the essence of what it means to, to really love God? And, mm -hmm. and that's what Therese always brings us back to. Right. Are, are there any of the other plays that you would want to mention or perhaps like we, what, which of the plays maybe would you recommend to someone if they say they picked up this book? There's how many, how many plays did she write? Are there, is it eight? I believe it's eight. I think it's eight. Yeah. yeah. Um, if someone picked up this book and maybe didn't want to read all eight plays, like yeah. where, was there somewhere specific you'd recommend to start or? Mm -hmm. I would say, you know, I think the, 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 probably the, the, what people would think would be, you know, the, the most interesting or the most maybe that expresses expressive of her is, is probably the Joan of Arc, you know, the two Joan of Arc plays, you know, mm -hmm. the first half and then the second half um, that were written a year apart. I think those would probably be a good, good place to start, you know, and I, and I think you really get so much of her spirituality, again, her, her, her sense of humility, her sense of, um, of, of the joy that makes you carry the cross, you know, the, the sense of her mission. Um, all comes through there. So I think the Joan of Arc one probably contains the most of her spirituality, you know, in a nutshell. Um, and then, 
And then I would say I like the flight into Egypt one because it just kind of opens you up to a different side of Therese. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, they're, they're, you know, I, the, the, all the other ones are good too. You know, Saint, the, there's a cool one about St. Stanislaus, you know, mm-hmm. St. Stanislaus Kowska, the, the early Jesuit, you know, young man who died, who, who you know, showed a great degree of holiness and, and really had a, a sense of his, that he wanted to, you know, in heaven help the order still. Mm-hmm. And, and when Therese heard this, it like, it clicked something in her because she knew she had a premonition of her own early, early death and that, and that, that's what started she say, I want to spend my heaven doing good on earth. And, and that whole thing that we're still living in right now, 150 years later, you can see in seed form in, in her play about St. Stanislaus. You know, she kind of reads her own desires into, the, into his mouth, you know. Yeah. Um, you mentioned earlier, too, how Trez was writing, you know, part of Story of a Soul at the same time. She was writing some of her poems and prayers at the same time. She was writing letters at the same time. And so I think um, that's one reason, too, why these plays are so important, because some of it might be the kind of the field in which she's able to even work out mm-hmm. some of her own spiritual uh, ideas yeah. that then end up in her other works. So yes. um, this is kind of like the, the, uh, the, the place where she can process those and, and really develop those ideas. So yeah. we see like in seed form then some of some of her um her, her really deep and profound spirituality mm-hmm. yep and it's all in dialogue you know it's all in in company with her sisters that she's doing this with too so it's you can see it's a what therese came to discover and experience wasn't wasn't like just herself you know it wasn't just isolated in her prayer that these things came it's it's in in encounters with her community and her family you know so um so i think that's an important part too that you really see the kind of dialogical nature of Therese's discoveries, you know, through her, through her relationships and and, and the way that she bounces things off others in her plays, you know, you can really see how it, how it comes through. And and again, how her one desire is that others, you know, that others come to, to experience God as as she does and experience the freedom and, and, and the, just the love that she has for the Lord that she wants to share with others. And she uses anything she can to, to bring that out, you know? That's great. Well, thank you so much. I highly recommend uh, you know, this, this book of the plays of St. Therese. You can buy it on our website, icspublications.org. Um, maybe it'll make a great Christmas present for someone. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an entertaining read. So, and, and really, there's a lot of spiritual richness that's contained in these pages. So. Maybe you could act them out too, you know, if you yeah. have a family or you give roles to people, who knows? Yes, you could... yeah, if you, have, if you have young kids, especially that, yeah. that'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> Definitely. So. Yeah, that's great. All right, well, thank you very much, Father Michael Joseph. Yes, thank you. Thanks for having me.